So I'm so glad to have you here today in this live stream community. I am uh, really missing everyone. It's so difficult to be in the church without you, and I just want you to know that. Um, my name's Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you don't know me, if you're just tuning into this, uh, I, I again, I'm the lead pastor here. And in just a few minutes, Pastor Roger Welsh is going to speak. Uh, he is our worship pastor, and he's got a dynamic message today for you. Uh, but before he comes up, I want to just offer a couple things. First, we have a choice of whether we're in isolation or solitude. Now, if you think about that, some believe they're in isolation, meaning that they can't do anything, yada, yada. But I believe we are in solitude. We have an opportunity over this next week or two to actually draw closer to the Lord, uh, not using our illustrious cell phones as much as we normally do. So spend this time just thinking about your relationship with God. Just take a few minutes each day or several minutes each day and just plug into Him rather than plugging into your phone. And I think the Lord will honor that, and I believe he wants that kind of a relationship with us today. Um, the other thing that, that I read last week, which kind of hit me, and I thought it was really good, the idea of quarantine. And somebody gave this, this definition. They said, quarantine is a sacrificial love for the sake of others. So by you staying home today, that's a sacrifice, because I know many of you want to be here. But that's a sacrifice of love because you don't want anyone else to get the cooties that you might have or that I might have, yada, yada. Uh, I like that word, yada, yada, today. Um, so just think about that. This uh, quarantine is a sacrificial love for the sake of others. And I really appreciate all of you, your, your connections on Facebook and, of course, today on live stream. Uh, if you're not already a part of our Facebook community, get involved with that. Ask us to uh, let you into that group, and we'd love to have you. Um, it's a great place to exchange ideas. I've seen a lot of different things for your kids to do at home, uh, a lot of different devotions that we posted out there, and, and some people have even posted some pretty weird pictures of themselves. I won't name names, but it's out there. So join us on our Facebook page if you haven't already done that. Well, I want to take an offering today, and you might say, well, yeah, but we're here. I know you are. But if you look up on your little screen there, you'll see the uh, offering uh, screen. There you go, gaylordchurch.com. Click the menu button and then donate. And you have a couple of options. You can either do it electronically uh, or you can do text to give. It's really up to you how you want to do that, but uh, it's there for you. Or, of course, if you want to use snail mail, we're all right with that, too. Uh, you can send it to the church's address, which is on our website. And in just a minute, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask the Lord to bless you. So just think about, what does the Lord want you to give? And you might say, well, what's going on that you need uh, money for today? And, and let me just say this. We have a lot of missionaries that are out in the field still, and they need our support. Our monthly giving still goes out to them, and they're out there faithfully ministering delivering the good news to people all over the world. The second part of this is we think that this is the tough spot, but it's not. Where we're really going to need to be equipped is in the next few weeks, in four weeks, in five, and six, when people have been out of work for that length of time and they haven't had an income, that's when the church is really going to have to rise up. So we appreciate you continuing to be faithful where you can, 
And uh, again, God bless all of you for thinking about the hope in this time of need. So if you would, just hang on to your offering. I'm going to pray for the offering and the service, and then Pastor Roger is going to come up and speak. Heavenly Father, again, we are honored to be in your presence. It doesn't matter if we're sitting on a comfortable couch or standing here on this platform. Lord, I know that you are with us. We're two or more gathered together. And Lord, even though we're gathered together online, I believe that you can cross that, that division. You can pull us all together in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that there'd be such a rich anointing today on Pastor Roger. I pray that you would bless those that are able to give today. And Lord, that you would be glorified, that you would be well pleased with the end result when it's all said and done. We love you today, and we commit this service into your hands, and we pray this again in Jesus' name. Brother Roger. Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and um, just want to go ahead and get right into the Word. I titled the uh, message today, A Call to Arms. I just want to encourage you that um, you are here for such a time as this. God is still on the throne. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He's not fallen off of His throne. And a call to arms, I believe God is calling you and me for such a time as this to stand in the gap for our nation, for, for the church, for the lost, and so many things. And so... I just want you to listen this morning and be encouraged and receive the word this morning that I believe that the Lord has for you this morning. So, a call to arms. I have a, a definition here. It says, a call to arms. It's a call to prepare for confrontation. A call to arms to defend against the takeover. And I've got good news for you. In this call to arms, we've got something in our soldier's manual, some encouraging words found in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. And most of you are familiar with this passage of Scripture. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You know, when we look at this scripture, first of all, I just want to look at two things. It says every thought, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. When we talk about this passage of Scripture, a lot of times we, we are excited about the fact that you and I have weapons that are not carnal. They're mighty through God. And I want to hone in on a word that's in this passage that we don't spend a lot of time talking about, and it's obedience, the word obedience. And I believe obedience is one of the greatest weapons that you and I have that if we will be obedient to God's word, that things can happen. That when we, you and I make a choice to do what God says, that that's one of the most powerful weapons that you and I can have. You know, we're living in a time right now where our nation and the world is being overtaken by fear, 
by anxiety, by panic, looking at things that are going on in this world. And there's a lot, there's a lot of fear out there, and it's real. And um, I'd like to suggest to you sometimes that that can happen in your and my life, but it depends on what we're, what we're honed in on, what we're looking at, what we're focusing on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I decided, I, I've had an experience even, even in the last couple of weeks, but you can choose the fake news or you can choose the good news. The good news. And this book is full of good news. And I don't mean to um, slam any particular news media or anything like that. That's not the point. I have a confession to make here this morning. I'm a, I'm a political junkie. You know, I, I, I'm on that computer and I'm looking at this website and that website and this website and I'm honing in on this and honing in on that. And then I realized this week that all it was causing was frustration and anger and fear and all of the things that God does not want in my life. And so I realized I whip over to some place and I begin to listen to worship and I begin to listen to the Word of God and I begin to read the Word of God and all of a sudden something happened in my life. I didn't feel so bad anymore. In fact, I felt pretty good because I began to focus on something different. And you and I, we need to set our focus. The Bible says to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He began a good work in you, and he's able to complete it. So we can choose to listen to the fake news, or even if it's real news, but it's not a good report, or we can listen to God's word, which is the good news. And when we begin to listen to the good news, then our perspective begins to change. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So obedience is in God's will. You're in my obedience to doing what God calls us to do, I believe, is one of the greatest weapons that we can possess. How many of you has ever heard of RPG? RPG. Well, we're going to go and tell you what that is if you haven't heard of it. An RPG is a rocket-propelled grenade, often abbreviated RPG. It is a shoulder-fired anti-tank weapon system that fires rockets equipped with an explosive warhead. When I was in the service, we had a type of RPG. It was known as an M72 Law. It didn't look like much. In fact, I, I looked up uh, the other day, and I, uh, it, it, looks like, it looked like about a two-foot tin can is what it looked like. And you could carry... Um, they, they weighed about five pounds, so a, a person could carry, you could probably carry ten of them if you had to, and they really didn't look like much, and when you were going to fire them, you would pull it out and extend it, set it on your shoulder and shoot. It didn't look like much, but when it was fired, it would penetrate 11 inches of steel. Didn't look like much, but it was powerful. You know, David didn't look like much when he was facing Goliath. I read some things about him just over the past couple of days. Goliath was, to the best of my knowledge, between 9 foot 5 inches and 9 foot 9 inches. He had a sword that weighed 15 pounds. Normal swords weighed 2.5 to 4.5 pounds. So David didn't look like much when he was facing Goliath. 
But he had a weapon that was by far superior to anything that Goliath had. And I want to read to you a passage what David said to Goliath, what David said to the Philistine, and it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. It said, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Look today, people, listen to me. You're sitting there today. We may not look like much as God's army, but I'm telling you if we're obedient to the will of God, we have access to powerful weapons, and God has called you and I for such a time as this to begin to stand up and use the weapons that he's given us to have spiritual victories, to have victories for our life, to have victories for this nation, and to have victories for the world. You're not here by mistake. You're here now for a reason. God has called you for such a time as this. So going back to RPG. Do you know that you and I have a spiritual RPG? Remember, obedience to God's will is a powerful weapon. You and I have a spiritual RPG, and we're going to look at it. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'm going to read to you verses 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is God's will for you and I. Remember, if we walk in God's will, that's a powerful weapon. If we are obedient to God's will, and here Paul is admonishing us as the body of Christ to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Notice in, in the second part there in, in verse 18, it says, in everything give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, but in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. We're going to look at those three components of, of, of our spiritual RPG today. And um, beginning with um, Isaiah 61. I'm just going to read you a few passages of Scripture concerning each one of these components of our spiritual RPG. Remember, that RPG didn't look like much. It might not feel like much when you're doing these things. But that RPG, that the RPG would penetrate 12 inches of steel, 11 to 12 inches of steel. It may not feel like something happening, but it is a spiritual weapon that God has placed in your and my hand that we can exercise. So, Isaiah 61, verse 10. These are scriptures on our first component of our RPG, and that is rejoice. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. 
You know, I was a sinner at one time. Now, there's a lot of things that we can rejoice about in God's Word, and He's called us. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. But when I think about my life that I was lost, I was blind, I was ready to go to a devil's hell, and Jesus came and changed my life and put the robes of righteousness on me because my righteousness was as filthy rags, and he saved my soul. He set my feet on a rock to stay, and I'm not moving off of that rock. That rock is Christ Jesus. We have a reason to rejoice because we are saved. Because we have a relationship that's been restored with our Heavenly Father. A, a thing that we did not have until Jesus came and died for you and me. And because of that, I can rejoice because I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That is reason enough. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's happening all around me. The fact is, I know that my eternity is settled and that's a reason to rejoice. You know, again, there's all sorts of admonishments in the, in the Word of God about rejoicing. But I'm honing in on one particular one today. If you have made a choice for Jesus Christ and you're a Christian and you're a child of God, you have a reason to rejoice no matter what. Let me read a couple more scriptures out of the Word of God that talks about this very thing. Jesus, in Luke chapter 17 Jesus had sent 70 out, two by two, gave them a lot of instructions, but the bottom line of their instructions was heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God has come nigh. That the kingdom of God has come nigh. You know, when you and I walk around in this world, people ought to know that the kingdom of God has come nigh. And where the kingdom of God is, we know there's a kingdom and we know there's a king. And that king is King Jesus. And people should sense the presence of the Lord in our life. So he sent the 70 out in, in, in Luke 10, 10, 17. And when the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They were rejoicing because they were going around and casting out demons. And they thought, oh, this is cool. This is great. You know, we're casting out demons. And, and we've got power over these evil spirits. We've got power. And they were rejoicing about it. And let's listen to what Jesus said to them. Found a little bit further in Luke, Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Nevertheless, this is Jesus saying, Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because you were lost and now you're found. Rejoice because once you were blind and now you see. I love the scripture in, um, in um, 1 Corinthians it's uh, 1555. It says, O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? God has taken away from us the sting of death, and it should have taken away the fear of death. What have we got to fear? Our eternity is settled. Our eternity is settled forever. We're going to spend forever with the Lord. We need to rejoice in the Lord. And I, I had another scripture I'm just going to read to you. I love this so much. It's found in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. It says, though the fig tree may not blossom, blossom, nor the fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, 
And though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Yet I will rejoice. The Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like the hinds feet of a deer, and he will cause me to walk on the high hills. You know, it doesn't matter that I can't go out to the restaurant and eat. Big deal. It doesn't matter. I wanted to try that new steakhouse, you know? There's a new steakhouse out at the end of town. Hey, we don't have it bad. We can rejoice in the God of our salvation. It's all of these things that said, even though this and this and this is happening and it doesn't look good, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I will rejoice in the Lord. You and I have a reason to rejoice. So rejoice always, amen? Prayer, that's the second component of our uh, spiritual RPG, our powerful weapon in the Lord and our obedience to Him. Prayer. To pray is God's will for us. But as, this, as, as inspiring as that sounds... It is possible to pray. Is it possible to pray without ceasing? What did Paul mean by such a statement? Praying without ceasing means to have a heart that is inclined towards prayer. To pray often and to make the discipline of prayer a high priority, just as Jesus did. And I have a, some things I want to read. You know, again in obedience, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Everybody knows this. If my people say that's me, that's me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You know, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, over the past month, this is the third time from this pulpit, that you and I have been exhorted to pray. I think God is trying to say something to you and I, amen? That we need to begin to do the things that God has called you and I to do. And I stumbled upon, didn't stumble upon, I received this, uh, I received a, I don't know if it's weekly or monthly, but I received something from a man named Mark Batterson. And uh, and it was concerning prayer, and I thought, this is so appropriate. And I, I just want to read what, um, what he shared on the subject of prayer. And it's so, so pertinent for this time. And uh, beginning in um, Psalms 35, verse 1, out of the English Standard Version, most of the things that I'm reading today I'm found in the New King James. But um, Psalms 35, 1 says, Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. I want to look at the word contend out of the Merriam-Webster dictionary. It says to strive or to vie in contest or rivalry, rivalry against difficulties. The synonyms for that is to battle, to compete, to face off, to fight, to race, to rival, to vie for against Rivalry or against difficulties. How many know right now we're in a difficulty? Now, if Paul was here, he might call it this momentary light affliction. 
That's what he may call it. So what, what Mark shared, you'll have to excuse me today because my throat is just about as dry as it, it can get. I feel like I'm marching through a desert and swallowing the sand all on the way. But let's listen to what Mark shared here. It says, when you get a diagnosis that is difficult to digest, or a dream that turns into a nightmare, or your marriage is tearing apart at the seams, you have choices to make. You can stand down, or you can stand on the promises of God. You can give up by giving in to guilt or fear or anger, or you can contend by praying as though it depends deplete, uh, completely on God and working as though it depends completely on you. Listen to that again. You can contend by praying as though it depends completely on God and working as if it depends completely on you. You and I have a part to play, but we need, we need to pray because it does depend completely on God. Contending for what you believe in is harder than conceding to what you're afraid of. Contending for what you believe in is harder than conceding to what you're afraid of. But it's the only option if you want to live by faith. Where, listen, where have you given up on God? Where have you given up on God? Where has hope been reduced to nothing? That's where you need to pitch your tent in the land of hope. That's where you need to pitch your tent in the land of hope. That's where you need to pray the bravest prayer. It's time to contend, brothers and sisters. It's time to contend for your marriage. It's time to contend for your children. It's time to contend for your health. It's time to contend for your dream. It's time to contend for your faith. It's time to contend for that lost friend that you've been praying for for years and have given up. It's time to contend for that. Those people who have suffered in, in, with health issues, don't give up. Pitch your tent in the valley of hope. Pitch your tent in the land of hope and contend for your health because God is not deaf and His arm is not short and He is well able to perform His word. Contend for the mission field. Contend for your nation. Contend isn't easy. But it's the thing that God has called you and I to. Listen, contending isn't easy, but here's some good news. God is contending for you. God is contending for you and I. He is interceding for you and I. Long before you woke up this morning, the Holy Spirit was interceding for you. And long before you go to, after you go to sleep tonight, He will still be interceding for you. He contends with those who contend against us. And if you're contending for a righteous cause, I promise you, God is contending for you. By faith, He fights our battles. This comes out of the, uh, Hebrews 7, 25, Wherefore he, Jesus, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for you and I. Jesus Christ on the throne is interceding for you and I. He is contending for you and I. So wherever you've given up hope, it's time to pitch your tent in the land of hope and begin to contend. You know, 
This nation needs God's people to take a stand, not to sit back and say, oh well, but to stand up and say, Lord, you've called me for such a time as this, and I'm going to contend for my nation. I'm going to contend for my brothers and sisters. I'm going to contend for the lost because they need Jesus. I'm going to contend for my life and the life of my family. It's time to contend. God is contending for you. Amen? Hallelujah. So, rejoice always. Pray. That's the first two components of our, of our spiritual RPG, that powerful weapon that God has given us. And the last one is giving thanks. And I said earlier, it's, it says giving thanks in everything. That doesn't mean we give thanks for everything. But in everything we give thanks. You know, you and I are fortunate people. And I'm going to try to read a poem that I found. And um, I tried three or four times to read this. Today upon a bus I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her. She seemed so gay and how I wished I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave and I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one foot and wore a crutch. But as she passed, a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet. The world is mine. When I stopped to buy some sweets, a lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm. And I said, it's nice to deal with you. Such a courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes, and the world is mine. Then walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment, and then I said, Why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears, and the world is mine. With feet to take me where I go, and eyes to see the sunset glow. With ears to hear what I would know. I am blessed indeed, and the world is mine. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. You know, I can whine along with the best of them and complain about things. Sometimes about the simplest of things, about that person that's ahead of me that's doing 45 and I want to do 65 and no place to pass. But God has not called us to whine. He's called us to, uh, to give thanks. And we have so much to be thankful for. You know, we live, even with what you're seeing going on in the world today, we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And I believe that was because God's hand was on this nation to bless it. You know, at one time, back as a nation, we were sending out more evangelists, more uh, missionaries than any place on the face of the earth. And I believe the Lord blessed us because of that. So our last component <clears throat> of our spiritual RPG is to give thanks. And let me just read a few scriptures to you concerning give thanks and observe a couple of things. Psalms 1, 
100, verse 4. It says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. What I wanted to point out today, and if you'll, if you look back and forth between some different versions of the Bible, you'll find out in the King James Version a lot of places where it says, as I read the scripture a little bit later on, it'll say give thanks or it'll say praise. The two are coupled together. That we that thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. When we have a worship service, when we begin to just say thank you, Jesus, and we begin to sing songs, that's that's giving thanks to the Lord. Giving thanks to the Lord. So Thanksgiving or giving thanks and praise are inseparably, uh, inseparably, uh, ins- inseparably joined together. All through Scripture, you'll find that when it talks about thanksgiving, it talks about praise. You and I praising the Lord. Also, in Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here, again, prayer and thanksgiving are joined together. So if you look in Scripture and you look through in giving thanks, when you come boldly into the throne of grace, as it says in Hebrews, um, that we come with thanksgiving, that we come with an attitude. You know, a lot of times we're coming and saying, God, I, give me this and give me that and give me this and I want this. And my old pastor used to say, my name is Jimmy and I want all you can give me. But that's, when, when we approach the throne of God, it needs to be with a heart of thanksgiving. Lord, I, it doesn't mean that we don't make our requests known. That's not what I'm saying. God wants us to pray. God wants us to ask and make our requests known. But when we come in, we need to approach God with a heart of being thankful for the fact that he saved our soul. Being thankful. Let me ask you a question today. Do you have food? Do you have clothes? Are you living in a house right now that's warm? Or if you're in a warm climate where you have air conditioning, you know, we are so blessed. I took a shower last night. I still can't get in and take a shower without thinking that beautiful feeling of warm water pulsating on my back. And without fail, it seems like, because I worked out in in the cold so many years of my life, that my mind goes to the fact that there are people in this world that have to walk seven, eight, nine miles one way to get water that is not fit to drink. And I thank God because I can take a warm shower. I thank God because I have a home. I thank God because I have two arms, two legs, and eyes to see and ears to hear. I thank God for the simple things in life because I am thankful for those things. And you and I, as children of God, need to be thankful for what God has done for us. And he's done so much. Psalms 107, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Sarah, you can come up and begin to play. Let me read to you. I found this interesting. And I've, I've preached this sermon using this text. Actually, there's four verses, and they're found in Psalms 107. 
four different verses. And I want to read them to you this morning and listen to these verses. Psalms 107, verse 8. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. Psalms 107, 15. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Psalms 107, 21. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. Psalms 107, 31. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. The King James translates that, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. You know, we serve a great God. We serve an awesome God. Today, I want to tell you that God is not surprised. He wasn't taken surprised by the coronavirus. He knew what was coming, and He's still on the throne. He's a good God. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. And He's calling you and I to arms. He's calling you and I to take up our spiritual RPG. He's calling you and I to give thanks. He's calling you and I to pray. He's calling you and I to rejoice in the Lord, the God of our salvation. This is not a time to cower in fear. This is to stand and take a hold of the promises of God and say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I know that I've been dealing with this sickness for one year or two years, but I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. And I'm going to pitch my tent in the land of hope. And I'm going to contend for my health. I'm going to contend for my nation. I'm going to contend for my brothers and sisters. I'm going to contend for this nation. I'm going to contend for the lost. I'm going to contend for my family. I'm going to pray God's will in my life. So I want to challenge you today. You know, we've spent the week, we've watched probably a little bit more TV than we normally do. Maybe done some other things a little bit more than we normally do. But we've gotten on the phone and we've called people and tried to find out how they were doing, prayed with them, asked them if there was anything we could do. Call your brothers and sisters. Call your friends. Look to your neighbors. Listen to me this morning. There may be somebody that's elderly that can't go to the store. We've called and offered and you can do this too. All of us can do this. This is a time that we need to stand and do the things and be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That's what God's called you and I to do. So call 
find out if somebody needs something. You don't have to go in. You don't have to touch. You don't have to talk. But you can drop a bag of groceries off on the porch in the name of Jesus. The Bible says if you give a cup of cold water in his name, that you'll receive a, a, a prophet's reward. I'm looking for a day that we're not going to be dealing with any of this. And I don't think it's that far off. But in the meantime, God has called you and I for such a time as this. He's called us to reach out and touch this world. So again, in closing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. God, I thank you for your faithfulness, that you're a good God. God, that you are a way maker, that you are a a miracle worker. You are a promise keeper. You're a light in the darkness. And God, I pray that you would cause each one of us to be a light in this dark world, to be your hands and to be your feet and to be all that you've called us to be. God, we're not here, and I know it by accident, but you've ordained that we would be here for such a time as this. And God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, you're able to do a miracle. And God, we ask for a miracle today. We pray, Lord, for those people that are working in as doctors and nurses and those and technicians that are working in the, in the medical field. We pray that they would not be overtaken by fear. But God, the peace of the Lord would encumber them. God, that it would take over their whole life, Lord God, and they would walk in the peace. And God, that you would strengthen them and that you would protect them, Lord, from this virus. Lord, we pray for those that are working in the food industry that are being stretched thin, for the truck drivers that are on the road that are being stretched thin, for those people that are working extra because of this. God, we pray that you would strengthen them and God, that you would protect them. And Lord, we pray for those that are in the field of science and and pharmaceutical, Lord, that are looking, Lord, for an answer here. God, that you would give an answer. All good gifts come from God above. Lord, that you would touch them. Lord, that you would show them the, the, the vaccine and the cure, Lord, for this. And God, that you would take charge. Lord, cause your people to stand up as an army and begin to pray and begin to seek your face. And God, that we can see this thing turn around. And God, when it is turned around, that we will give you the glory because you are worthy, 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 Lord God. We worship you, Lord. And God, we thank you today that you are well able Lord God, as we come to you in prayer, that it doesn't matter what we feel. It doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter what we think. God, we can pray to you and you will answer. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you today. Lord, keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Just pray that in Jesus' name. So give somebody a call today and encourage their heart. Pray with them. We just ask to bless you today. Join us next week. God bless you.